Hello guys and welcome back. So it's been a while since we've recorded an episode of the podcast and we're back today with episode number 13. So new year, new guests, new shows and yeah, looking forward to getting some new episodes uploaded over the coming weeks. On today's episode we have Anya Murray. Anya is a teacher. She's done her undergrad in psychology and she's now an author, having just written her first kids book that uses rhyme and illustrations to teach about anxiety. I was really excited for this one and I think that the idea of teaching our kids about things like anxiety and depression from a young age is absolutely vital, given that we're trying to destigmatize mental health as much as possible. And if we can start to do that from a young age, well, then we're going to be on to a massive, massive win. Now, please remember that this is not a substitute for professional diagnosis or for the treatment of any mental health conditions. This is simply two people having a conversation about their experiences. Um, and, you know, I try and promote as much as possible the destigmatizing mental health through genuine conversation about the challenges we all face every day. And I want you guys to see it as such. So um, Anya's book is due to be published soon. She'll get to that towards the end of the episode. And just with the pandemic and everything going on at the minute, I think it's a really, really good time to start teaching our kids about mental health and start talking to our kids about anxiety and, you know, the signs of what to look out for. There was a study done in 2020, just a couple of months ago, from the Miguel Hernandez University in Spain, and it examined the psychological impact of the lockdown confinement on kids. And about 90% of the 431 Spanish parents surveyed described emotional and behavioural changes in their kids, including difficulty concentrating, irritability and anxiety. And I suppose we're not to be surprised with that, given that not only have our lives been turned upside down, but our kids also, and especially for young kids where they can't really understand why it's happening or what's happening. They just know that their life is very different from how it was this time last year. So without further ado, I'll get into the episode. I hope you guys really enjoy and don't forget to subscribe. Anya, you're very welcome on the podcast. How are things? Not too bad. Thanks so much. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Getting through the lockdown like everyone else, trying to keep the head down and stay positive. Not easy. Not easy. So listen, um, I wanted to get you on the second I heard about this book. Um, Absolutely fantastic idea. The book is called The Pain in the Chest. And if you can give me a brief kind of insight into the book, where the idea came from, and we'll go from there. Yeah, um, I've been thinking about this a lot, like where or why I wrote the book, because, uh, you know, when I wrote it initially, I wasn't thinking that this was going to be out in the world at all. I I wasn't thinking that, um, you know, this is going to help loads of children and this is fantastic. Every teacher is going to want this. Um, When I wrote it first, I think I just like anyone who's like, has that creative muscle that they want to flex. Like I wanted to do something creative and I'm not an artist and I'm not a musician. And, uh, you know, I just, I started writing and I guess you write what you know as well. And I have, I have an interest in mental health. Uh, I did an under, my undergraduate degree was in psychology. I worked for a time with Childline. Um, I obviously am a teacher and, uh, my college was Freville and in particular their like huge focus was on well-being so that was a huge huge influence on me as well and you know I run the mental health committee in school and all this so you know it's what it's what I know and then I think that's what came out and uh and I suppose like personal experience as well I wanted to just like 
vent and like put my creative thoughts onto onto paper and when I wrote it first I remember showing it to my boyfriend and I read it and it's that very Irish thing like you know like it's probably crap anyone could do this yeah, you know we, like we we cannot take compliments <laughs> no and I was like almost embarrassed reading it um because you know in your head you do it yourself you're like oh like I'm kind of proud of this but you shouldn't be proud of it because anyone could do that you know yeah and yeah. of course he was like um oh it's so good like you should show that that helps so many kids and I was like oh yeah right and I kind of pocketed it for a while and then again I showed my my family and again the same thing like they were they were like this is amazing like it could be a really good resource and help children learn give them like the language of of mental health and and help parents like approach a conversation on on anxiety and all this so it started giving me the confidence to actually like get up off my arse and do something about this and and then I suppose lockdown hit and I had the time to do something about it and I felt like you know it's it's a time where it's more important than ever for kids and for parents to have something to approach the topic of anxiety because it's such a difficult time um, and, and you know people aren't seeing their friends and you know you know yeah. yourself yeah and especially for kids and the reason I love this is because like although very very slowly we're starting to destigmatize like mental health and anxiety and depression and these things, there's actually very little with regards to how to help our kids deal with this. I mean, like yeah. when, when you think about it, really, you go back 20, 30 years ago, like mental health wasn't really a thing. It was there, but it wasn't talked mm-hmm. about nearly exactly. at all. So we're almost like, you know, the kids growing up today are nearly the first generation where it is openly talked about. Maybe yeah, not as openly talked about as we'd like it to be, but it's getting there. You know, we are putting the right steps in place. So, it's nearly like the first generation of kids that have access to any information or that their parents have access to information to help them deal with things. So like, could you give us a kind of brief insight as to what the actual book is about or how it's structured? Yeah. So um, it follows this um, girl. It starts off when she's quite young and she sees this um, balloon and she really, really, really wants this balloon and she goes out to grab it. And all of a sudden she starts getting these like overwhelming thoughts on like, oh, like, but what if I take this balloon and, you know, the string hurts my hand or or what if I take this balloon and some other kid pushes me out of the way to get it? Or what if I lose my mom because I'm holding her hand? What if I get it and I lose my mom? And she gets like overwhelmed with these thoughts and in the end decides she's not going to take the balloon and she leaves with this like pain in her chest. Mm. And the pain in the chest idea is obviously, you know, anyone who's been anxious ever um knows that it will manifest as something very physical yeah and in the story it's the pain in the chest you know and I think for kids in general that's very true you know I've seen in the past kids you know if there's a spelling test all of a sudden they have a headache or a tummy ache or if something's happening at home you know they feel very physically sick and they're not lying about it because they're worried and want to go home like it is a genuine physical feeling so Anyway, so this is the the pain in the chest is in this in this story is the example, and um, that that it, it brings the girl on to when she's seven and a similar thing happens. She is wants to audition for a show. She wants to and she thinks she'll be the best and she knows all her lines, but she feels. But actually, you know, I might forget the words or I might slip or the teacher might be mad at me or my friend wants the part so they might not be my friend if I go for the part. And again, the same thing happens. She gets this pain in her chest and she decides mm. not to do it. 
again, it follows the girl to, to a, an older age and she wants to make friends in secondary school and thinks, but she probably doesn't want to be friends with me though. Like she probably thinks I'm a bit strange. She's probably waiting for her other friends. So, you know, I won't talk to her, you know, it's fine. And ends up, you know, not making friends. And then the, finally the book then comes to when she's 18 and she wants a party and she says for her mum, you know, can I have a birthday party for my 18th? And the mum is shocked because the mum thinks, well, like you don't like being at the centre of the room. You didn't want to be on stage when you were younger. You don't really like balloons even. You don't make, you don't have that many friends. And the mum, I think this is a really important point in the book because we see that the mum never knew she was worried or anxious, that she just thought she was shy or she was mm. socially awkward. And again, like, especially for kids who have anxiety, I feel like so often adults not dismiss it, but maybe aren't aware that they're having worried thoughts that, you know, you might see a child in school who like will flip the desk instead of um, go out for a run. And in fact, they're not just angry kids. They're not just being bold for the sake of being bold. They're, you know, they don't want the exercise. They think they'll be last in the race or whatever, or, you might have a kid who like will will cry and cry and cry and they're not just being dramatic and um, they're they're anxious kids and yeah. same like and often the case is that like you know they're just really that child's just really shy and really quiet and doesn't put her hand up in class much just that's just the way she is when in fact like that's not the case she might be dying to say what her news was on Monday but like she's just terrified. She's terrified. And kids obviously can't express themselves the same way. Like as adults, we find it hard to express ourselves when it comes to things like anxiety. So yeah, exactly. How a kid is feeling how they can verbalize that. Yeah, they can't, they don't have the often don't have the language to reflect on what it is or why they don't want to do it. And then again, they don't have the language to say it. Or maybe they don't know that they can say it and that, you know, maybe they don't feel welcome or have a space to say that they they feel that way um so anyway the girl obviously this comes to a point in the book where the girl says no like I am I do like those things I do like balloons but this pain in my chest has always stopped me and at this point then the mum teaches the lesson that you know thank you so much for telling me validates her thoughts and says we uh, there's no quick fix to this but like the cure for this the very slow cure for this is sharing um, your experience and mm. you know not everyone will have the answer I don't have an immediate answer but I'm here for you to support you and let's find an answer together or your friends might not understand what to do but they can learn and you know if we normalize this talking about anxiety and talking about our feelings if we normalize that and everyone knows it loses its power so that's the gist of the book um, and also I want to mention as well the illustrations because like the the picture book I feel will be nothing without the the illustrations. Yeah. I I reached out to um sorry I'm rambling on enough. No no keep on. going keep going absolutely. <laughs> um I I initially like I reached out to a friend who um who is an illustrator and he sent me on the name of this girl her name's Brona or Bunty Lee is her name on on Instagram if anyone wants to give her a follow. Um so she was like more than happy to to get on board and I couldn't have got anyone better. She was just amazing. And 
the illustrations are beautiful and she adds in this like personification of anxiety throughout the book as well so and I love this because I didn't think of it but it really makes it a picture book because you know a a picture book isn't just a story with with pictures The, the pictures have to add they have to like tell a part of the story and this little like monster in, in the story really um is really adds to it. it helps children like visualize anxiety as this little monster that appears on her shoulder yeah and I love that it kind of gives that image that like anxiety isn't like you it's not you it you can see it as something that you have and something that's there but it's not a part of you it doesn't, it doesn't define you yeah, and then it's great to ha- give that kids that image of it so that I'd love to use it as like a, a methodology in class to like visualize your anxiety monster and that way you can speak to it and say like, go away, like, you know, you're being mean, leave me alone and having that monster visualize it, walk away from you like it does at the end of the book. Like, I just feel like it would be a really good technique for a classroom or for a parent to use with their very young kid if you're a young child. definitely, definitely. And like, it's funny the timing with, you know, your book being published and everything. Mm. For the first time, I've got two kids, a one-year-old and a five-year-old. And for the first time throughout all the lockdowns this week, I've noticed my five-year-old was acting out a lot okay and as like as usual we kind of you know she's being you know bold or she's talking back and she's shouting and doing all the things that kids always do and usually as parents we give out to them but took a different approach um yesterday sat on my knee and said look you're acting a bit differently you're feeling okay you're feeling sad you're feeling angry and she just like burst into tears the lips started going and everything And when we started talking about it, she actually was able to verbalize how she was feeling. Instead of acting out, she told me she was feeling sad. She was feeling angry. She said she was sad she couldn't go to school. She was sad she couldn't see her friends. She was sad she couldn't see her family back in Mayo or cousins. So like she's carrying around them feelings. But until I'd actually questioned her about it, she wasn't able to verbalize it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah, And it was just like um, it was just like this overwhelming wave of emotion that came over where she obviously from her point of view, she was great afterwards. It was like she got it off her chest. And that's yeah. why I love your book, because it's not just teaching kids, it's teaching adults what to look out for as well and what to try and visualize or what to try and see within their kids and their actions, you know? Yeah, because I think it can be so easy as parents and teachers to get angry because it's frustrating when kids are like screaming and shouting and doing things. Yeah. And you really have to take a step back and say like, because kids don't do things for no reason. And that's, I say kids, but I, I think, you know, that's true for everyone. There's always a function to our behavior and there's a, you know, it might be, and it might be that your child didn't get enough sleep, but like, there's still a reason they're not just being bold for bold sake. It, it's just so helpful to actually, if you do take the time to sit down and say, and if they don't have the words, even just to model the words, like saying, well, I'm feeling, you know, sad because of this. Like, can you name your emotions? Yeah, almost you know? try and empathize with them that I'm sad I can't see my friends. Are you sad you yeah. can't see your friends kind exactly. of thing? Yeah. yeah, and you're not putting words in your mouth, but that's just giving them the language, this idea of like emotional literacy, like they have the words for the emotions so that they can see, okay, I might be feeling that too and express it, you know? And the other thing with that as well is as they grow up and get older, they kind of have it in their wiring in their brain that they can come to you with this stuff and they can't talk to you about anything because the last thing we want is, you know, your kids grow up and be 18, 19, 20 
and have a serious mental health issue and feel like they can't come and speak to you about it. So it's so ingrained in that at a young age, I think is so vital as your kids get so older. Important. So yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, that just reminds me of my time in Chiline as well. You know, like a lot of kids don't have a space to talk or an adult to talk to um, without judgment or like, it's like, you need to be careful how you approach it because a lot of kids won't go to you if they think you're going to just tell them what to do or, you know, yeah. you know, give an opinion on it. Whereas, or give out. Or give out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they don't want you to say, well, why don't you just go and get some fresh air? Like they want you to just say, God, that's really hard. Like mm. that's tough. Tell me more about it. And like you said, but your own child just getting it off her chest was like, made her oh, feel yeah. better she's know? like a completely different kid today yeah so yeah. like yeah and again like if the, if we can do that teach that from a young age you know as a young adult then it'll be just natural to talk about it you know yeah and and you know it's something so simple from you know parents point point of view just have a conversation with your kid but I know every situation is different and you know every some kids might not feel like they can open up or they might not know how to open up so like said and mentioned in the intro how you know, we're not trying to diagnose and we're not trying to treat any kind of mental health condition, especially for kids. This is just two people having a conversation about our own experiences. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in your opinion, as the adults and, and for anyone with young kids, how important is it with regards to the atmosphere we create in our house? So if I'm really feeling the effects of the pandemic and I don't figure out how I can deal with it through talking with my partner or through exercising or whatever it is that helps me. Mm-hmm. How important is that that the the kids don't pick up on it? Yeah, exactly. Monkey see, monkey do. You know, mm. if you're um if you're tired, you start shouting. Then your child is going to do that, and that's you know, well, I suppose they probably realise now. But kids spend so long in school, and they get like six hours a day with their teacher, and that's a chance for me to model or a teacher to model fantastic behaviours and kindness, and then. But now they don't have that and it's 24-7 at home. So as an adult, it's their responsibility really to to model that kindness, that understanding, because they're going to pick up on that, you know. Yeah, Um, we just have to be so much more aware, don't we? Yeah, and it's hard as well. It's so hard because, you know, we're all just getting by. Yeah, it's it's a struggle. It's a struggle for everyone and especially for like adults and kids like everyone is struggling and everyone's going to struggle at different times and if you're having a bad day it can be very hard to try and put that aside for someone else's benefit but you know we have to and then you can probably feel very guilty if you don't yeah so like so it's a catch-22 and it's a vicious circle so you know we have to kind of do what we can with regards to looking out for our own mental health yeah again yeah like it's kind of a case of put your own oxygen mask on first like you know find out you know, don't, if you're, if you're finding your kid is upset, maybe it's a case that you need to figure out what, what makes you content and what's going to help you that day. And it'll make it 100 times easier to help um, your young person figure that out then after that, you know? Yeah. But again, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to assume and like, I feel like I don't, I never want to preach or I don't want to come across like I'm telling parents what to do. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. And yeah. like, everyone you kind of have to live and let live as well to an extent you know like I just yeah I can tell you as a parent I don't think anyone has all the answers every day every day is something new yeah it's hard yeah Yeah. 
I saw my kids today um, on a Zoom class for the second time since lockdown. So we're doing one live Zoom a week. And uh, oh, I miss them so much. Like you just get such joy out of them. Yeah, Lexi had her uh, Zoom call during the week with some of her class and she came off that call absolutely buzzing. Yeah. For the the sake of a 15 minute video call. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I and I was so nervous because you're putting yourself on show almost to every household in like 30 households, and you know, you talk to kids in a different way that you talk to adults, and you have your little like <laughs> and I was like, Oh my god, I'm gonna be mortified. But you the minute you see them on screen, it's like you're back in the classroom with them. Um it's so nice. I'm so glad we have the the, the Zooms, like because it's a different job working from home yeah and you know fair play to you teachers because I'm seeing all the work that's going on behind the scenes and you know Lexi's school teacher she called her this morning because you know we messed her yesterday say Lexi was having a bad day and we didn't do her homework saying this is why Mm -hmm. right away she was back on to her said oh my god you know the poor thing and being so understanding and she said like only if it's okay with you I can give her a quick call tomorrow so she gave a she rang us this morning gave a quick phone call and she spoke for maybe 20 minutes on the phone to Lexi and Lexi came off the call absolutely flying high you know she was telling all about everything she's doing and she's doing workouts on YouTube and all this kind of stuff you know that's great yeah I'm always afraid that like the amount of work is putting pressure on parents as well like I'm always like because we're doing time at the minute and that's so hard for kids mm. and like if I was in class I'd be like please don't worry it's fine if you don't get it we'll be doing it again tomorrow ask me as many questions as you want you can't when you just put up a task you can't do that and you're like god it's just so hard but anyway anyway it's not forever it's so. not forever and do you know what it's important for their structure to the day as well I think yes true yeah, yeah true definitely so listen, that's um, that's awesome. I actually can't wait to read the book now. I'm going to be the first person to buy it. When can we expect it to be out and ready for sale? So I don't have an exact date yet. Okay, um, no problem. I'm hoping in the next two weeks. But if you um, follow my Instagram page, it's the underscore pain underscore in underscore the underscore chest. Okay, pain in the um, chest with all the chest. underscores. Exactly. <laughs> um, that will, I'll just keep... Uh, putting updates there um, on the exact release date but it, it should be it should be around the next two weeks hopefully brilliant, brilliant can't wait to read it Anya you're an absolute star thanks so much for coming on thanks so much for having me you're so good thank you no problem look after yourself Bye.